0: What's up everybody? Before we get into the episode today with Boom and Najee, I just want to talk about a few things. So, I recently had a birthday actually, last week, and I'm trying to get better at celebrating these things. I tend to get sad and depressed around my birthday, and um, this year I really like made an effort to be positive about it and celebrate, and I took time off work, and I painted, and... Uh, just made sure I spent time with family and just did things that I really wanted to do, uh, but kept it low key and I'm going to encourage everybody else to do that. Like we're we're just, times are so dark, like even Valentine's day, I like, there's usually a time that I hate, but I was just like, you know what? Celebrate the the feet, the people that I love and you know, it's just an excuse to, to celebrate, and we need more of that. So, I'm gonna encourage everybody to do that. And speaking of celebrating, uh, in honor of uh, African Heritage Month, I have some art that's actually on uh, exhibition at St. Avex University. It's kind of like a digital display, which is kind of cool. They're projecting the art on different places in campus. And uh, yeah, two of my paintings will be there and they'll be on display until March 5th of 2022 for you people who are listening in the future. Uh, the exhibition's titled Black Love, Joyful Lessons. And it's a celebration of black love and creative expression. And um, yeah, if you're in the Antigonish area, make sure you stop by the campus and check it out. And for you people who are listening, uh, <laughs> what do you mean? You people. <laughs> Sorry, little dad joke slash Tropic Thunder humor. For you people who are listening in real time, uh, on February 24th, 2022, uh, at 7 p.m. Atlantic Time, that's Atlantic Standard Time for you folks in Halifax and Nova Scotia, r will be partnering with Marked, MASH Media Network, Pencil Lewis College, NASCAD University, and Empathize Others on uh, Black History Month, In Conversation, how to create a career in sneaker art and design industry. Uh, So Dr. Dwayne Edwards, the founder of Pencil, Dion Walcott, who's the founder of Marked, and I will share insights and stories on how we built our careers in uh, the creative industry. And the panel will be hosted by Augie Jones of Empathize Others. You can uh, register for it. Actually, just check my website. I'll have a link to it. So artpaysme.com, and you can check it out. And something else that's going on is uh, this one's specific for NASCAD alumni and students. So you'll listen up for this. Uh, NASCAD's Creative Entrepreneurship Lab is hosting the Creative Workers uh, Expo, the first university trade fair in Nova Scotia with a focus on the creative sector. So the expo will... Offer an opportunity for alumni to meet with exhibitors from arts and culture organizations and not-for-profits as well as a chance to learn about creative business initiatives, incubators, and creative talent recruiters, while providing networking opportunities with the wider arts community. So, this is happening on uh, March 4th on the, uh, at the Port Campus, but look, it's going to include some workshops And a bunch of the people actually who were doing the workshops are folks who have been on this podcast, at least most of them anyway, and I'm one of them. So yeah, check it out. Um, You can, again, check out my social media or my website. I'll I'll be posting updates and you can see how to register for it there. One thing I forgot to mention is, so when I was doing my painting uh, on the weekend, I actually turned on my camera and started painting live on Instagram just on a whim I've been like hyping myself up about this and I've been kind of teasing that I might do it but like I've been so insecure about A my painting style B the way I look and all of these things like that you know we think are wrong with us I've been dealing with but it was actually kind of fun like just turning on the camera and just doing and actually over time, I just kind of forgot that people were there and just we get caught up in the moment. So, look, if, if that's something that you all would be interested in or like, maybe we could schedule something or do some kind of a, a live paint where all of us kind of connect or I don't know. Let me know. Hit me up on social media or drop me an email at Dwayne at com, And let me know if uh, that's something you'd be interested in doing and maybe I'll, I'll see if I can set something up. All right. Peace. Let's get into the show. What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Hey, welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have a special guest, uh, Boma Naji. So I got put on. Well, I I kind of discovered Boma originally, I think, on Instagram. And but now we're in this program with uh, Visual Arts Nova Scotia, where I get to like work with another artist and help share some of the stuff that I know and share resources, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, they they paired me up with Boma, so that's been kind of exciting to to get to meet him and and see his work. And we're gonna work on some stuff going forward. And um, Boma, so yeah, like tell the people what what
1: what what you do, man. Well, I'm a visual artist. I specialize in portrait and landscape painting. I typically work in paint on canvas, but sometimes I dabble into pastel or. Charcoal or graphite. Uh, most most recently, I started making digital art after after I purchased the pen tablets and uh, and um, it's amazing to see how new technology replic- replicates the traditional painting medium. Mm. What uh, what program are you working in? Um, I use Sketchbook Pro. It's a free um, Autodesk software and it's very pretty intuitive. And um, it's just got all the tools like like a regular painting suite, right? Right. And the the learning curve isn't so steep, you know, for for someone who's old school like me, right? <laughs> it's it's easy to catch on. Okay. Yeah. Have you
0: tried using like Illustrator or anything like that, like the vector based programs?
1: Um, I tried I tried those a long time ago, but. I, I didn't get anywhere with them because they they have quite a steep learning curve. Yeah, um, yeah, and 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 I just didn't want to put so much time into into learning all that stuff. Right. But you you work in architecture, right? And yes. Yes. You yeah. do you use AutoCAD at all? Oh yes, I use AutoCAD. I use AutoCAD. I use SketchUp. Um, I use Revit. But uh, amongst all the all the um, design softwares I, I i gravitate a lot towards sketchup because it's very intuitive it's it's like you're playing you know and you you push and pull you have the push and pull tools so mm-hmm. it's pretty neat cool yeah so so like how did you so i'll step
0: it back a little bit so mm-hmm. you're not originally from nova scotia but you're currently based here where are you from originally
1: Um. Uh... I am originally from West Africa. I grew up in West Africa. I grew up in the bustling city of Lagos. It's the most populous black city in the world with about 20 million people, you know, as opposed to what a lot of people in the West would imagine Africa to be. Lagos doesn't fall into that mold. It's a city, city of skyscrapers, transport, transportation, um, you know, sports centers, stadiums, that kind of thing. There's no jungles to see except the concrete jungle, you know. But my my memories of 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 Lagos while growing up is filled with lots of vibrant colors and so much energy. This the, the city. The city buses and taxis are you know bright, brilliant yellow, and you know women wear very colorful headgears, red and oranges and that kind of thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a very very fascinating city. city yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Is that is that why like your your ver- your work is like you you don't seem to be afraid of color at all? Uh, is at is all. that your from your culture? You would say
1: yes. I yes, definitely it is. It is from my culture, and you know, you know, growing up in the tropics, everything is colorful. Every people wear bright colors, and and you know, it's summer all year round. So even the vegetation is all is always green. You know, it's you know, the flowers everywhere. So, And then the culture itself is very vibrant and colorful. So yeah, mm-hmm. I guess that's where that, I think, I guess that's where I, I got into using so much color. And then I, I got also heavily influenced while growing up, you know, I, I got heavily influenced with hip hop and, you know, the graffiti, which is the visual element of hip hop. And mm-hmm. then, you know, that also influenced my, my art.
0: Mm-hmm. Did you ever find yourself uh, Like tagging or doing any of that kind of stuff Or is it more just well, like the
1: visual style Well I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I'm a very cautious person So I never got around <laughs> to doing it I never got around to tagging Or anything but I, I would just sit back And, and you know um, Imitate people who Who do that kind of stuff And I learned all right. the lettering And, and um, I started following Particular names You know um, like Motu who who were more of illustrators and and they weren't just writers but illust- illustrators who mm-hmm. have this very strong visual style and yeah most of them just in- influenced me in different ways I, I never really liked the stencil graffiti artists because I didn't find them too creative
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so I'm interested so like you know me growing up in Bermuda I, I didn't really get exposed to uh, African art or African artists particularly uh, it'll be probably the same like stereotypical thing that anyone from North America might have seen um did you have african artists uh, specifically even anyone from Legos that i like, would have been a, a someone you would look up to
1: um well i i i would be i wasn't influenced too much about too much by um, artists in my culture. Mm. I, my my greatest influences were not even visual artists. My, my, like my greatest influences were people like Miles Davis, who were like jazz musicians. You know, uh-huh. um, I I would say I would say that because you know he, he was such an inventor who who wasn't afraid to explore new territory. You know, he never got too comfortable, and you know he. Because of that he remained relevant through generations till this day. yeah you know, um, i I couldn't find any local artist that was doing anything anything really fascinating. I was always looking out you know around the world to to pick up ideas and pick up from different cultures mm-hmm. yeah right.
0: So what do you, like, I, I I follow the art world, or at least I, I, ever since I decided that I really wanted to to double down on my, my fine art practice, I've been paying a lot more attention to it. And right now, there seems to be a, a heavy attention in African artists. Uh, have you been paying attention to that? And, like, do you, what do you think about that, if, if you have been?
1: Um. Paying attention to um, to African artists.
0: Well, just like um, like it seems almost like I don't want to use the word exploitive, but it seems like it's it's kind of trendy right now to to work with with African artists. And I'm just wondering if if you've detected that in in your end of the the spectrum.
1: Well, yeah, I think I think yeah, African artists in the in diaspora. Yeah, it's I think. I think there's a, a huge cultural awareness, but I think it's always been there, you know. Okay. I mean, the likes of the likes of Picasso, even though they don't give credit to <laughs> to the African artists, they all came at some point and and they got heavily influenced by the um, by the the no name artists who who made those very fascinating African sculptures. So It's always been there. I, I mm-hmm. mean, it might there might be quite quite a bit of resurgence, but but it's, I guess it's always been, been there. I think, I think the art, the art in Africa is really unique. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. So like you, um, you, you you've been sort of creative your whole life. Did you ever take any like formal training in art? Uh, I, I Actually in the art. So I had an architect on before and I was actually really interested in the fact that they, they, there's a lot of drawing involved. Were you, is, is that true for you too?
1: There's a lot of drawing involved in in architecture, but it's a different kind of drawing. It's more okay. restrictive. It's you know, it's not, it's not, um, it doesn't allow you as much freedom as being an, an artist. Uh-huh. Um, architecture is very, um, very restrictive, very planned, very. Um, very it confines you but anyway i i did i going back to your original question i i i didn't have um any formal training in the arts but mm-hmm. you know since i since i can remember i've been very passionate about about the arts. so i train myself by studying art art history and and you know learning about the various movements and and the different eras and you know all the old and contemporary masters of of art Mm -hmm. even though I did I did a few a few um um art subjects during my my undergraduate architecture studies in the university but but it was just having a lot of practice over the years that's just made painting and drawing second nature you know
0: Mm -hmm. so like with your painting technique it was it was it's literally just like you trial and error, trying to figure things out, seeing how things work, how, how colors mix and all that kind of stuff.
1: Um, I think really there's a side to my, there's a part to my to my painting technique that's that has a lot of um, basis in architecture. Uh-huh. The architecture gives me the, the fundamental um, structure because before I start painting, I, I make sure I get all the forms right. I get all the all the um, dimensions correctly when I'm doing my landscapes or my cityscapes I make sure I have the perspectives right so mm. so nothing seems out of place and then when when that is all done I start to do all the the fun stuff which is the painting right. and when I start doing that I I drop all the restrictions and just play around so it's a, mm-hmm. um I think the ar- the architecture has a, uh a great influence on my art
0: yeah, interesting it does. it's interesting so it's it's, it's more <laughs> tight underneath there uh underneath mm-hmm. the paint Ah, uh, okay yeah that's interesting and there's
1: several layers <laughs> several yeah. layers you know like you know imitating graf- graffiti right i paint in several layers and sometimes when you look in my look at my paintings you could see like a layer that's some color and then there's another layer over it. So it's kind of imitating where one graffiti artist paints over another graffiti artist's work or peels it off and paints over it.
0: Right, cool. And um, I know you you work
1: a lot in acrylic, but I can't remember, have you worked in oil too? Oh yes, I did. I, I actually started painting in oil. Okay. Um, I love oil, but it just, takes forever to dry up. (laughs) And, Mm -hmm. and um, I, I I hope to someday go back to painting in oil when I have a lot more time. But, you know, I, my, my natural instinct is to get get work out really fast. And I always like to see the end product quickly. So most Mm -hmm. times I would even do my sketches in pen rather than pencil, so that I could see the final outputs, the colors, and everything come out. So, uh, w- with painting on oil is so is really restrictive for me because it, it sort of slows down. I'm I'm very impatient as mm-hmm. a person, so I want to see it done real quick and and I and I want to see the progress of the work. So I yeah. I I really can't do oil right now. Maybe when right. I grow a little older and I'm slower <laughs> and my pace is slowed down, <laughs> I might start doing oil.
0: <laughs> right. So you—it's funny—you mentioned the the sketching in pen versus pencil. Is it because you would go back and erase if it was in pencil and pen? You just you you can't.
1: Um, no, not not that really. Um, with pen, with with drawing, in, um, with a pen, the the strokes are more visible. They're, ah. they're heavier. You know, they look more finished. So I would rather do have a, have something that looks finished. You know than something that takes a longer time to build up like pencil like if i was drawing pencil i, I would get impatient you know mm-hmm. i, I want to see and then i'll have to start putting on the the heavier strokes but with a pen i could get those those um i could get that finished quality faster
0: right right i used to love drawing in pencil but i'm in a phase right now where i'm really enjoying the ink side of things and mm-hmm. I, I like the the mistakes in there i i'm starting to just like i think they just make it look more interesting than than trying to make this perfect thing uh for me anyway um and that you're right <laughs> but but you're right too like it, you start to come to this to something that looks like something a lot faster it's like when uh-huh. i was doing my drawings in pencil then i have to do like another layer because i didn't press down hard enough and i'm trying to make it darker in this this place and yeah and then if you're going to paint over it anyway it like almost hurts to do all that work too (laughs) Yeah, yeah that's right very true so like what's your um what's your do you have a say like an output schedule that you put yourself on where you're like Man, I need to do a certain amount of paintings a certain you know, in this time frame, et cetera?
1: Um, most times I'm inspired by lots of things at the same time and I have like so many ideas in my head that I want to put out. Yeah. So I'm always working. I'm always mm. just working and just putting out stuff. Um, mm. I I I I have just too many ideas and and I don't think I have enough time to put them all out so i keep pushing myself to just get out as much as possible mm. and then sometimes too when i have um i have gal- my gallery deadlines as well you know i have to push myself extra to to bring out more works so mm. i i wouldn't say i have like a schedule but i'm 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 always working mm. yeah
0: got you and do you work yeah. um like how big are your paintings typically in order to Get them done
1: well. I go from twelve by twelve. That's the smallest size, all the way. That's twelve by twelve inches, and then I do paintings up to four, four, four foot by three, three feet, and okay. yeah, upwards. Cool. So I have like some pretty big pieces because I, I think I, I enjoy painting the very big pieces because you could add a lot of details in in larger paintings and and well in smaller paintings it's it's you have to use like very tiny brushes to achieve those those details but with with larger paintings you can you could be free and still be able to add a lot of detail
0: mm-hmm.
1: right right cool so
0: you know We've we've talked about this. We both actually have uh new little puppies at the moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, that's they right. Tend to, <laughs> they tend to keep you busy. Uh absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you do for fun though? Like it, do you have time for fun? I know you got kids too, and a wife. This you <laughs> know, <it's>, it,
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I oh my god, well it's that puppy is a handful oh my god is hand- I had to get him out of here before I get I got started um, and I, I made sure the kids are watching him upstairs <laughs> but well, what I do for fun I I, I mean I, I always create create time for fun it's it's you know, one has to always create that balance I love to read a lot and and I love to listen to music these, these two things help me to explore human nature and culture which is something that that informs my art you know in another life I I would have probably been an anthropologist because I am very interested in in the human condition reading helps me satisfy this curiosity about what makes us human so and and so does music too Mm. it really fascinates me how you could listen to music in a in a language that you do not understand, but you will still deeply appreciate it. It will still speak to you, you know, and Yeah.
0: Yeah. You know so, what? Uh you know. Go ahead, sir.
1: Yeah. So yeah, just I was just saying. So you know, it's music and reading. That's 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 what just keeps me going. Yeah.
0: Well, I was gonna. I'm thinking the same thing because I have really realized. So when I was younger, I used to be that guy that just went to the club and stood at the back. and 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 it wasn't (laughs) because I was a creep I but I just I like the people watch so I was always like trying to figure out what's happening with these people and who's you know what's that person's personality like and and I just I like watching these these different human interactions and how they play out and um yeah the funny thing with the music too is I never listened to music that was in a different language until just this year and uh I I, th- I actually had some people on the podcast last year whose music was in Spanish, and okay. I started to just realize that like it, there's there is a vibe like you can catch a yeah. vibe still, and I never really had considered that before. So now I'm I'm starting to listen. To, I don't speak French, but I've been starting to listen to a lot more uh, music in French, and mm-hmm. um, been finding that interesting. So, yeah, and, yeah. and
1: and and then and then again not not only music in a different language even even just instrumentals like jazz or or classical music it you know you just get to it gets to speak to you even though it's not saying anything you mm-hmm. know i mean if you do listen to instrumental music it should give you the same the same feeling
0: yeah that's true and i i yeah, uh, yeah i i done the instrumental thing too back in the past so yeah I, I feel that too what um what book are you reading on books
1: um i am reading black leopard red wolf i actually just finished reading it um, by marlon james okay it's a really fascinating book and and um the second part to that book is coming out this month it's, it's not like anything you've ever read before it's um it's it's a a fantasy story set in medieval africa and it's supposed to be like uh, marlon james's response to the 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 ice and fire series the game of thrones series it's supposed to be like something like the game of thrones set in africa but it's really really deeper than, than that and what's even more fascinating about the story is it's gonna be. It's it's supposed to be in three three volumes, but each volume is um, saying the same story, but being narrated by a, a different individual, mm. right? So, and and it's narrated from the individual's own point of view. So it takes on a, a whole different dimension each, it, with each volume, mm-hmm. right? So so the first part which I which I just finished reading which is uh, Black Leopard Red Wolf is narrated by the guy who's supposed to be the good guy
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then it's and then the next part is being narrated by by uh the evil witch and and I I suspect her own part of the story is going to exonerate her right you know her character which is it's it's a it's an awesome book cool
0: that that sounds good actually I, I making me want to see a a series about that actually
1: yes there the i hear um i think michael b jordan bought the rights to make it oh, into, no a, into into a tv series or a movie okay. already yeah it's nice. super <laughs> nice have you, these actually sound
0: like characters that would be dope paintings have you ever like thought about that like bringing one of them to life
1: I actually thought about it. I actually thought about doing like a like a comic book of that of um, story because it's mm. filled with characters like shapeshifters and uh, children with um, with supernatural abilities and vampires that walk that walk around in the daytime. You know, just unusual uh, stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. At what point did you realize? Look. I want to be an art like you, you now have gallery representation, you've got a a reputation in in Nova Scotia and you're really starting to build a name for yourself and get some, some uh, media attention. And I saw you were featured in a magazine recently. At what point did you just say like, I want to make this work?
1: Well, when I'm telling you, it wasn't me, man, I I guess (laughs) it it was just wasn't me. (laughs) I think, I mean, it might sound cliche, but I think the arts just chose me. It just Uh. wasn't me, you know, because for as long as I can remember, I've always, I've always drawn and painted and, and that kind of thing. And I just continued even when. And it got me into a lot of trouble growing up, you know, the typical African (laughs) parent would say, oh, go and read your book, stop, stop drawing and, you know, wasting your time. Yeah. And, you know, it got me into a lot of trouble, but over the years, I I just kept doing it. And even, even while I was studying architecture, I, you would find me more in the arts, art, art studio, you know, hanging out with my friends who were in in the art department, Uh you know, and, um. I, I, I just always wanted to I, I just always gravitated towards doing arts and it just came naturally
0: mm-hmm. for me. couldn't keep you away like I I love that you you stayed along that line because like I look back at so many talented artists that I went to school with in high school and, and in Bermuda College and it's like they just kind of fizzled out and fizzled away from it and I don't think they came back. Like I don't I don't think they make art today. And that's a, that's a shame, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, very true. I, I like I had this um what should I call him? Like my, my art rival. There's always this rival oh, yes. you have <laughs> when you're in in, in primary school. <laughs> yep. And there was this guy. I and, and I found him on social media like you know years later, like 20 30 years later and and he's like a serious businessman student ties and he doesn't draw anymore he like he doesn't even remember he used to draw when we were kids and uh, my older brother as well he dropped it you know because it gets to a point when when you're growing up when it's not it's not even cool to be to right. draw right when you're yep. in high school you know and kids would would bully you and tell you you, know, you put down that drawing you know so i i mean it's only natural lots of people just can't keep up with it
0: yeah yeah uh mine is uh i i don't even know if he thinks of himself as my drawing rival but he He's actually younger than me, because uh, but I just remembered he was always that guy that people were like, yeah, that guy could draw better than everybody, and I was like, nah, nah, nah. I got him. <laughs> um, but he's actually a tattoo artist these days. Actually, I want to reach oh. out to him and see what he's up oh, to. Oh,
1: cool. But, uh, That's cool. At least he kept yeah. it going.
0: <laughs> yeah, he kept it going. So he's he's one of those ones that did it, so I'm I'm happy to to see that um but you were you were featured in afropunk how how was that did they find you on their own or did you like reach out to them
1: yeah well, they found me if they, they they found me on um, on social media crazy that's the power the power of social media they people just reach out to you like even some some work i did for um another magazine mm. um for chatelaine yeah they just reached out to me on social media and and it's just amazing how how powerful social media is. Like even, even um great artists like Mo Mode Two that I spoke about before, I've I've been able to have conversations with him on nice. social media, you know. And he, he's giving me like great advice, like, you know, just chat it's just fascinating the world the world of social media, what you could achieve just being online. Right. Although it right. has its downsides, but it's it's got like great potential
0: Uh uh-huh uh-huh was the chatelaine one was that the wendy Portras? yes
1: yes yes it was yeah it was wendy wendy and that was very 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 good exposure for me because i i i didn't realize how how hugely popular um chatelaine magazine is yeah up until i did that piece and i mean i since i didn't grow up in um north america i i didn't realize how influential up until I was having this discussion with my friends and I told them oh I had this feature in the magazine and they were like what like, <laughs> they just seemed like you're just saying it casually like that and that's chatelaine you know and then I I went and I did my research and I found it's quite a big deal
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that was really cool and um yeah yeah you actually and uh, you're um oh why am I forgetting her name? uh there's another well-known portrait
1: you did of uh du-du-du-du-du. oh viola, desmond. viola, viola desmond. desmond why am i forgetting viola Desmond? <laughs> i That's know the, it happens sometimes <laughs>
0: yeah like that would that i i see that and it's like such an iconic portrait that you did of her so well well done on that actually yes
1: yeah. yes i mean it's it's such a um a, an iconic um character in 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 canada and um you know i have a little daughter who's you know she's she's just six and it's a good she she, you know having someone like viola desmond on the ten dollar note you know is a huge inspiration for my little uh six year old you know i the Mm -hmm. moment i i um we had viola desmond on the note i i got a ten dollar note and i and i put it on on my fridge you know every day my 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 daughter sees that and, and you know, it, it's she's a source of great inspiration. Mm-hmm. And um, I did that piece last year during, around the same time last year mm-hmm. during um, um, Heritage Month mm-hmm. when I had an, an, an exhibition because, um, you know, to pay homage to a great civil rights activist like Viola Desmond. Right, right. Cool. Yeah. And you, um,
0: actually speaking of that, there was an exhibition you're supposed to be a part of. It's been postponed at this point, but uh, is that is that still going to happen?
1: Yes, it should happen, um, but we're trying to get a new date. We okay. had some um, some um, challenges that you know that had to do with COVID and and uh. all of that, so we had to just put it on hold. And you know, we had already set up and we were all ready to go, but you know, this, these things happen, yeah. Uh, but it's great, we're planning for maybe sometime during the spring, okay? Maybe around yeah. March or April, okay? So, yeah. yeah, yeah, let me know and I'll, I'll blast it out in
0: my places, absolutely, um, yeah. Uh, and the other thing I was gonna ask you about too is, um, you mentioned hip-hop being an inspiration for you. Are you still listening to hip-hop? Are you into any current art- artists right now?
1: I Yeah, yeah. I listen to... I, I, I still listen to hip-hop. Right? <laughs> yeah, okay. but, but the thing is, there's so much, like... I don't want to sound all self-righteous or anything, but, you know, <laughs> there's this whole mumble rap movement. It's just yeah. not my thing. But there's still some... Some some artists that are that are you know doing the original style of hip hop from the '90s that but they're all underground rappers who they don't mm-hmm. have that um, huge publicity like like those people who do all the profanity and and, and sexuality. One mm-hmm. of them is one of those artists is um, a girl called Sarok, yeah, and I've been listening fan. to her album. You you know her? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I've been listening to her album, um, the Sharecropper's Daughter. I listen to it back to back. That album is just super. I, you know, especially during my workouts and even sometimes when I'm painting, it's Mm -hmm. a fascinating album. And and the themes and the subjects and it's she's also very, very artistic too in her, Mm -hmm. you know, her delivery, her rhymes and everything. And it just reminds me of the you know the 90s so much Mm
0: -hmm. yeah you feel like you're learning something when you're listening to her music absolutely
1: absolutely just you know kind of just reminds me of you know um most deaf and talib kwali you know Mm -hmm. the black star type of album you know you know teaching something right
0: yeah yeah i was gonna (laughs) say the the did you see when Kanye said he was pretending when he was uh he used to hang out with those guys but uh
1: <laughs>
0: he was pretending
1: I don't yeah he, understand.
0: Said, <laughs> he said like he uh he never was really about the backpack rap stuff he was just kind of doing it to
1: <laughs> oh my god that guy's a sellout <laughs> uh kanye i just don't yeah. i just don't understand him he's just been all over the place crying lately about his breakup which is just so sad
0: <laughs> yeah yeah i know it's it's uh how the, the mighty have fallen. Uh. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when you when you uh, think about pricing your work, do you have a system for that, or is it more just like I I used to price emotionally. I used to be like, this is a painting I don't want to get rid of, so I'm gonna just make up a high price. Is that do you do that, or do you have like a strict system?
1: Um. Well. You know, I'm I'm just a creative and I leave that to the professionals. I just leave it to my Uh, gallery people to determine the price because for me, I could get very emotional like you too. Sometimes uh I get so tied to the piece. Sometimes I get um, tied also to the individual who I'm selling to and I I might not, you know, want to even charge. I might just want to give the work away, you know, for free. Yeah. so i i kind of just leave that to the professionals to handle that i'm just i'm, I'm just a creative i don't know anything about pricing but i uh, think they they, they kind of determine the de- determine the cost based on uh square inch rates you mm. know yeah
0: gotcha yeah Yeah. That, that's kind of what i've i've started doing recently i i tried to break it down to more of a mathematical thing based on size uh this painting that I'm working on behind me i i had it i have it in my background when I'm working and <laughs> one of my coworkers is like interested in buying it and i'm oh, kind of cool. being weird about it because <laughs> I'm not i don't want to sell it like I, I i don't know if I want to sell it and I'm nowhere near finished it so I'm kind of like right. he keeps asking me for more information and for more pictures of it and i'm like oh, I'm right ready to
1: <laughs> is this the one you you were working on? That's you you, you I think is the one. Is this the one we were speaking about about um, doing like a monochrome or a yeah black that's the one. Theme? Yeah. Right, right, right. I can see it coming out. Coming, yeah, it's, like it's, it's, it's interesting how how much how much um, colors you could find in black. Like how how many grades of black you could find to release um, shades and texture.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what. why it's like it's way too early for me because it. I, I want to see how much I can fill it in with Black but then still have like a human form show through somehow. But then I don't want it to be too literal. I also want it to be abstract. So right now it's kind of like, it's kind of literal. So I'm like, how can I abstract it a bit more? So I don't know. Well, I just know it's not ready. It's 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 far from ready for somebody to to take it. Um, and it, it's 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 one of those. It's one that's very personal and the stuff that it says too. So, yeah. Hmm.
1: Well, you're quite mm-hmm. bold to be able to show your work while it's still in, you know, in progress. Most artists find that pretty tough. because Uh, lots lots of times critics will come in and say stuff and you know and and you know kind of get you sidetracked it means you have a strong will willpower uh,
0: i'm trying (laughs) i'm trying to uh i know once i what i one of the, the things i've been doing as a strategy is posting my work as it's in progress and taking pictures but what i had done in the past is I only would do it in paintings that I actually liked. So it looks like I'm working on it, but it's it's, it's actually something I did like months ago and I'm just leaking the pictures out gradually (laughs) because I know like (laughs) the feedback. I'm not worried too much about it. Um, But this one, I really want to do it live. Like I was even saying the other day, I want to do like an Instagram live while I'm painting it. And just like... Not be afraid. I, I'm scared to death, but I think I might you know we'll see.
1: yeah, I guess every artist should do that every now and then because I mm-hmm. like um sometime last year, during the fall, we had um an event where we had to paint uh, do life paintings. like there were about twenty six artists, you know it, the event is called Paint the Hydrostone. It was mm-hmm. uh, organized by a gallery, the 14 Bell Gallery. And I mean, that for me, that was the first time I, I was painting out in the public, like outside where people would just walk to you. And it was qu- quite nerve wracking, but, <laughs> but um, it also helped my, uh, my ability to confront um, whatever situation, you know, you know have people talk to you while you're painting and and ask questions and you know it's it was it was quite an experience the f- and then on the first day of the event I, I was able to complete a, 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 a painting but on the second day there were a whole lot more people and I spent the whole time talking and just chatting mm. <laughs> but 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 it it was quite a good good experience. Learn you know, learning how to be vulnerable with your with your work and be able to, to share it, share the process. You know.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and um, people think of what we do as magic, and it's like mm-hmm. that kind of breaks them, like gives them a a peek inside, I guess, a little bit.
1: Well, what what I learned was that. It still even mystifies it more. Oh really? Yes, because people who had who saw me, you know, start the pain, painting and and then they went away for a little bit and came back, they were like so shocked as to the progress. Like you uh-huh. know, initially they come and they're like, "Hmm, what's he doing?" Oh, and then they ask me a couple of questions and and then I try to explain to them and they're like, why I, I really don't, I don't get see it." it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> And then the next minute, they're like, whoa, this is magic, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's still art is still a mystery regardless, even if, even if the um, the observer is, is is watching, it's still a mystery. Right. Most right. of the time.
0: That's true. That's true. So what would you consider the hardest part about being a working artist?
1: Um. uh okay the hardest part I would say is doing commissions oh yeah from my experience I think that would be the hardest part because um people have different ex- expectations and it's especially when you're you 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 make paintings in an impressionist style like I do people have, different expectations and they paint a picture in their minds so if they if someone had would commission you to do a a portrait half the time you might not meet their expectation Mm. sometimes you might exceed their expectations you know Mm. when I paint in a realistic style I don't run into that problem because I I actually started my career as a realistic style artist I draw Mm. portraits like real life portraits and you know, is what you see is what you get. Yeah. But when you when you're doing a stylized painting, and you're taking commissions, you have to be very clear about your process. You have to um, you have to put put in all the checks and balances. You should make contracts, mm. and you know, sign have signed agreements be- before you you move forward, so that you don't get you know shot in the foot at the mm-hmm. end of the day. I've I've had some pretty nasty experiences to, when I started taking commissions. At some point I, I decided to stop taking commissions, but I also learned that 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 people would never find what they're looking for in your what you already have done. So commissions are, are still necessary. Mm. But if you're going to do commissions you have to make sure that you you have yourself well protected so that you don't run into any trouble.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. That's yeah. Good advice. I mean, I'm a graphic designer, so basically my whole business is is commissions. <laughs> but um, yeah, from a from a uh, doing it as an artist or an illustrator, it, it it's an interesting thing especially when it's not digital and you can't just like take a few layers away or whatever you gotta like start over (laughs) or add a lot more paint or whatever the case may be um
1: yeah (laughs) yeah i remember doing even i i I remember even doing a, a realistic portrait once for clients and When I do realistic portraits, I go all the way. I I learned the styles of, you know, the early Renaissance masters like uh, Leonardo da Vinci and the rest, where Mm -hmm. you you pretty much use mathematical formulas to make your portraits. So they're like spot on, bang on, like the real deal. Mm -hmm. So I did one of those type of portraits and it was real, real, real. But the clients at the end of the day still found something wrong. He just found something wrong with his nose. Like he you just know, gets.
0: You don't like the st- way you look, bro.
1: Jesus, this is you, man. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, regardless, whatever you're taking commissions, if it's re- if it's if it's realistic style or abstract, whatever, you just have to make your contracts solid.
0: Yeah. 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 yep good advice so uh we'll wrap it up but um where can people find you online
1: well you could find me especially i'm always on instagram boma the artists that's instagram.com slash boma the artist and it's boma the artist.com my website and if you find if mm-hmm. you check if you search for boma naji on facebook that's b-o-m-a N N A G I mm-hmm. on Facebook you would you'd find me as well. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty much.
0: Nice. Well, thank you for doing the show. Right. And um as I mentioned, like please look out. We we got something cooking uh coming up at some point in the next couple months. So uh yeah, audience look out for that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Thanks for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. It was nice talking to you as always.
0: Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And Before we go, I would be remiss to not mention, uh, at least give a thank you and a shout out to Carrie McKay at Visual Arts Nova Scotia. She's who connected me with BOMA through their mentorship program. She saw some commonalities between the two of us and thought that we'd be a good match. So thanks again for facilitating that. And uh, we're out. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langie Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com. Or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at our pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.